Welcome to Substances. Sports have long been a part of Jefferson Abbey's life, but it was running that forever changed it. It brought him his closest friendships, became his biggest learning moments, his fondest memories, and his most cherished moments. Running has been a symbolic thing in Abbey's life, both creating the path ahead and having stamped his past. His failures and triumphs have made him a man of true character, where his devotion and commitment to life skills is deeply rooted in the habits he formed throughout his running career years. Tune in to this exclusive podcast with Jefferson Abbey, cross-country and track All-American, to hear about how running helped make him who he is. So, Jefferson Abbey, when did you first begin running? So, I first started running in, I guess, junior high school, but I wasn't very good at it, and to be honest, I didn't enjoy it very much. Um, My older brother had a really successful high school career, and so I kind of naturally, uh, he and I were were pretty, we, I I just look like a younger version of him, so, um, I my parents kind of wanted me to try it, and, and he kind of wanted me to try it. So I started doing it in junior high school, but I didn't really get serious about it until the track season of my freshman year of high school. Um, that's when I really got serious about it, because before that, I was actually, kind of my main sport was wrestling, and I think actually wrestling in junior high school taught me a lot of useful skills that I that I embraced as a high school runner and, and a college runner. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of how I got started. Um, wrestling was actually the first sport where I was really competitive and kind of learned how learned how to uh, get in a competitive zone. I guess I'd say because um, running was it was kind of funny. Running was a real struggle for me uh, in, in junior high school, and then also my my freshman year cross country. I was the slowest kid on the team. Um, I I hated running, to be honest. Uh, it wasn't fun. I remember my my coach had a, had a big personality. He was a great guy, and it was it was funny. My brother was assistant coaching, and we did we did a tempo run right at the beginning of the year. And uh, when I came across the the finish line for the tempo run, uh, he turned to my brother and he didn't say it loudly, but I heard him say, he's like, ooh, I think we might not have uh, Tyler 2.0 or something like that, because um, my time was so slow and so bad. But, <laughs> um, but then eventually, uh, my uh, freshman year, of my freshman track season, that's when um, that's when I really kind of got serious about running and started to really enjoy the competitive aspect of it. So you just continued all throughout high school, um, and were you aiming to run for um, university, or did that just kind of happen? To be honest, it just kind of it just kind of happened. It was kind of a series of um, fortuitous things that happened. Um, one, why well, I really wasn't any good in junior high school, and really didn't show much much potential for a while. Um, I, I started to really gain tread my freshman year, and some of my really, I developed really close friendships, 
with especially with th- three guys my year on the team, and we ended up um, all competing as freshmen to see who could be the first to break five minutes in the mile. And it, it was kind of this fun thing, and and we all ended up doing it our freshman year, and then from there on, we kind of set our sights on uh, winning state and cross country, which we eventually did, and. The three of them all committed to run in college before I did, and I actually just kind of called CSU. I, I visited CSU, but I, I really didn't plan on running in college, and I actually I gave them a verbal commitment kind of on a whim just because my three other teammates who were going to the signing day at our high school wanted me to be there with them just because we were all so close and such good good friends. They kind of, they kind of twisted my arm to give a verbal commitment. Uh, so I did it, not really sure how long I'd last in college or how serious I would be. Um, so that's actually, that's kind of how I ended up uh, committing to CSU. I kind of got off the fence and committed that way. But I didn't really know that I was going to be kind of all in on running and all in on college running until, I'll never forget it, it, it was um, over the summer, the, the coach, the head coach at CSU, left for that for a for a head coaching job at the University of Wyoming and um when coach Seemers our, our new coach came in he he called me and said he saw that he saw that I I committed verbally committed to run on the team. He actually saw that I wasn't on I wasn't placed on the roster. I was placed on the tryout list. Uh and he called and said he wanted to meet with me. Um, just to discuss kind of his, his plans for the, the future team and his plans for Colorado State. And I actually really didn't take running that running college that seriously until I remember when I walked out of when I walked out of the office after meeting with him, it was like my entire perspective on what the next five years of my life was gonna be like just absolutely changed. I I was suddenly very excited and kind of believed I could do something do some pretty big things and I could really enjoy the sport in a way that I never thought kind of was possible. That's excellent. So just to review for our non-American listeners, uh, Jefferson ran for Colorado State University, which is a Division I school, um, which means it is the most competitive collegiate sports league in the United States. And Jeff, you already mentioned some of your biggest takeaways, your friendships. Um, now you have these goals. Is, are there any other things that running um, throughout your life, what what it has given you? So I'll just kind of start it. Um, in high school, it, it really just kind of gave me a place to um, just, it, it kind of just changed, kind of changed my trajectory in a way where I was kind of a rowdy kid and I didn't really... I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't a bad kid or I wasn't like in danger of getting in trouble or anything, but I just really wasn't, uh, uh, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do and wasn't sure about how to take things seriously. And it, it just gave me this kind of cool place to really work hard at something. And it was because I was a pretty lazy student really until my senior year of high school. And, but running's where I kind of started working those, working those muscles where you just work hard at something because, it's fun to work hard at something and to try to succeed at something. And I think one of the, the coolest things is when I, when I was no good at running, my friend Griffin, who, who was kind of the, the freshman star when we were freshmen, he, when I was no good at running, he always kind of gave me words of encouragement and passing. 
he would uh, pass me on tempo runs, which are just runs we do at a hard pace. He would blow past me, and every time he would always take a second to just say good job, even though I was like I was just puttering along. And it, it was cool that he didn't treat me any different once I showed a lot of potential. And that was just always that's something I always kind of tried to remember in my running career was the way he treated me with respect, even when athletically I wasn't that respectful. I wasn't very good. I wasn't anything, but he always treated me with respect and just kind of treated me as a person. So stuff like that, I kept with me throughout college to just try to stay grounded and not, you know, not get a big head about things. And then in, in terms of lessons, I think, I mean, running, running is a great metaphor for anything from just kind of from the, the one side of, you know, it seeing directly how great it is to work hard and, you know, to work towards goals, long-term, short-term, but also kind of the harsh reality of life, which is, you know, you can put in a hundred percent effort for years and years and years running. And at the end of the day, somebody who's just really gifted or really whatever, people will always be better than you at something. And I think, I think that's actually kind of a good lesson. Just, uh, you know, the world, where, where you land in the world, it's not necessarily, uh, you, you can't always be obsessing and looking at other people or wishing you had what they had or anything like that, because uh, I never I never got bumped, especially in college, losing a race when I knew I'd given it my best or I knew I'd prepared my best, just because I was always comfortable knowing if I did my best, I could be comfortable with that, and if someone beat me, it was just because they were flat out better, and I think that's actually a pretty pretty useful thing to understand in life that at the end of the day no matter what it is if it's work if it's sports if it's just like kind of basic intelligence or even um luck or something like that people will there will always be people who are better than you and that doesn't mean you should take your foot off the gas that that means you should you know work twice as hard that's a very wonderful attitude something i never thought about so yeah, you mentioned um, your rise from being essentially a walk-on runner to CSU's one of CSU's most prestigious runners, particularly in the spring of 2016, the year of the Olympic trials, you ran 7.51 in the 3K and placed sixth in the nation. Unfortunately, you were injured afterwards. Um, can you please speak about what could have happened if you had not been hurt? Were the Olympics a serious consideration for you? Yeah, well, I think kind of just going back to the just lessons you can learn from running, that was that was without a doubt the peak of my running career um, was when I got six of the NCAAs. Everything was going right. I, I was cashing in on just years of really hard training and years of dedicated work. I think that year, I, I think I had taken like maybe two days off the entire year or, or something like that. I, every day I was supposed to run for more than a year, I ran every day, which means I didn't miss time for injuries, didn't miss time for this or this or that. And things were just going great. And I was really just cashing in on a lot of hard work and just, and just a lot of time of keeping my head down and, and just working on kind of developing my craft as a sport, developing my identity as somebody. I think identity development is another just huge thing that sports offers where I'd always just try to put myself in the mindset of, you know, Jeff Abbey stepping onto a racetrack means something. And I, I just always thought if I could work on just that psychology that 
you know, being proud of my identity as an athlete, I thought would make me more competitive. Um, I was at, I was at my peak in that regard where I actually, I had a stress fracture in my foot at the end of the indoor season. I won conference. Um, I'm pretty sure when I had this stress fracture, I, I won conference in the 5,000. Um, I got six in the nation. My, my foot hurt so bad. I couldn't do, we do these pre, we would do these pre-race workouts where we just run hard for 30 seconds and take a minute off run hard for 30 seconds and take a minute off. And I was, uh, I was doing them. We were in Alabama and I was doing them with my coach a couple days before the race. And he wanted me to do it on the pavement, but my foot hurt so bad. I couldn't do it on the pavement. Um, but I was just in a zone where that didn't, where that didn't stop me. It was, I, I just told him I needed to run on the grass and that was that. And it worked out fine. So anyway, I was at this just physical peak. I was at this kind of mental toughness peak that I'd never been at. And it really did. I remember crossing the finish line uh, in that 3K thing. Kind of like, wow, I cannot wait to see what's next. Um, I was excited about sixth place. It was kind of a, it was like a, kind of the old, you know, way better than I expected to do. But I, I was so excited. But I remember being really excited about what was next. And, and that this is where the lesson comes in. There was nothing better next in my running career after that because I got injured. I never got. I never ended up being as good as I was on that day. Um, and that's. I think that's kind of the. That's what makes life kind of worth living, and what makes it kind of fun, and what makes sports valuable outside of just the competition thing is. Uh, you can be at a point where you think kind of the world's your oyster, and all you know, all these things are going to come to fruition. Um, even if you work really hard, sometimes bad things just happen and sometimes bad luck just happens. And, um, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but it's how you respond to that that kind of help, you know, defines who you are and all that. Um, and that year, to get to your question about the Olympics and the Olympic trials, I think that year the, the goal after that race was definitely to qualify for the Olympic trials. Um, now, to be honest, whether going to the Olympics was not even not even remotely in the cards. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I was good, but I, I wasn't anywhere near Olympic caliber. But for runners on my level, running the Olympic trials, especially the track trials, that's kind of a that's kind of, that's an accomplishment in itself, and that's for kind of my caliber, the caliber I was at. That would have been kind of a life lifetime achievement. It would have been my. Uh, you know, it's something I would have been able to reflect on running at Hayward Field and all that. Um, so that was really disappointing. But, um, and, and I kind of knew, knew once I, I ended my outdoor season that uh, I probably never would run in the Olympic trials, which was just kind of a weird when you're, um, you know, when you're in college and stuff, it's kind of weird to think of things in the context of, wow, I'll probably never be able to do that because it was, you know, I doubt I'll be running competitively four years from now and, and all that. Um, so, so yeah, so it was, it was definitely disappointing, but I also had a sense that um, I would kind of get back to my old form way easier. Uh, I, I thought it'd be much easier to get back to my old form than it ended up being. Um, so that that was also kind of a thing. Uh, I thought the world was my oyster, then I thought I'd get, get back to the, the fitness I'd been in and the kind of mental sharpness I had been in, but 
that turned out to be a much longer road than I, than I thought it would be. At Colorado State, Jefferson Abbey's Outdoor 5K had him ranked second in the nation for many weeks. But the way that outdoor works is that you actually make regionals in the top 48 in the region in the east and the west, and have to further be placed in the top 12 to go to nationals in Oregon. Jeff did not make nationals, although his time in April would have secured him a spot if solely based on the times from before. Jefferson kept training for several weeks and raced at a pro race, and he was offered several deals, but decided ultimately to go to school in England instead. It's the way you're describing running. Um, I mean, when you look at a runner, of course, you're going forward um, and, you know, their feet are touching the ground and going in the air, but you really present a uh, really a metaphorical aspect to running like it really does ground you as a person but it also projects you forward it's it's really impressive to hear it and and to consider it in this light so yeah thank you for speaking on this I I don't think about it like this so this is a very interesting perspective and to be honest I think um I think a lot of the times the you know the competitive side of the sport and just I think it, it gets very, people try to make it much more complicated than it is. Um, at the end of the day, what's great about it is it's a sport where you put one foot in front of the other, and that's it. You know, people can try to make it sound way more complicated than that, but that's all it is. It's just putting one foot in front of the other. It's just putting in miles every day. It's just, you know, if you talk to any any of the top, top runners out there, they all just love the, especially... I'd say the college guys and girls, they just love going out and going for a run. It's like this kind of special thing. And I think it's a sport where maybe more so than a lot of other sports, you get a lot of time to kind of develop your your love of the sport and develop your understanding of the sport on your own. Well, you know, on a team, we ran almost every single, you know, hard workout together and every run together. But we still had these things we'd run most of the men who were running higher miles and women who run higher miles run twice a day um, just to get good volume of exercise in. And most of those doubles are by yourself in the morning when you can fit them in before class or whatever. And I think that's just a great, if there's one thing, I think kind of all people should find time to do with, with something is to have kind of that by yourself thing where you're just kind of thinking about yourself, thinking about, Sometimes on those runs, I think about running. Other times, I remember I, uh, this was right before I got injured. I was on a run. I was working on my senior thesis. On, it, was, uh, it was on medieval history, and I, I was having trouble with it. I was wondering where I needed to fit this certain argument. I had this really, really good source that I could kind of fit in certain sections of my paper, and I wasn't sure where to fit it in, and I just figured it out on a run at 7 a.m., it was, uh, I could, I remember I could see my breath, there was snow all over, all over the trail, it was really cold outside, and it was like, kind of like a eureka moment, I, I just <laughs> suddenly was like, oh, that's where it's gonna go, and so that's, you know, just another kind of special thing about it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's good, it literally clears your head. I do want to talk about your comeback before we go into um, where you are now with running, so a year after you were injured, you ran 1337 in the 5K and were ranked second in the nation for a while. At this point, what did you want from your running career? 
And I guess this kind of, this again goes to the, uh, <laughs> don't always get what we want. Um, that, that was great. It was, like I said earlier, I thought it'd be much easier to kind of get back on track with running and all that, but it turned out to be just way harder. Not only had I lost, you know, a lot of fitness, but more important than that, I kind of lost my competitive edge. I, I lost a lot of my, I guess it's called mental strength, where I came back, and to be honest, I was just, for most of the cross-country season, I was, like, I was a head case. I was really soft. I kind of know all my toughness was gone, basically, and it was, one, on the one hand, like, it was really embarrassing, and for most of the season, I, like, kind of wished I, I hadn't come back just because I was like, man, this isn't, after all the great times I've had at CSU, this isn't the relationship I want to leave this program with, where now the relationship I have with the program is I fall apart on important days. I'm not coming through for the team. I'm, you know, I'm taking up space on, you know, they're paying for plane tickets for me to go out and bomb. And so that, that was really frustrating. And that was actually, um, it was, it was just nice to see the culture we had developed as a team where every, all the guys were supportive the coaches were really supportive and just really patient with me, really encouraging. And, and so I was happy in the cross-country season. I, I never ran. I never ran great. I really didn't. Uh, I ran all right at conference, and I, I managed just to kind of do my job and put her along. And then when indoor track came around, I was I was kind of even more of a head case. I was just running these. I was running times that I, I could have run in, in my sleep a year earlier. I was getting last foot. And, and kind of small time meets and 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 it, and it kind of all came to a head where my coach Seamers asked me if I wanted to go to the Washington invite, um, which is kind of going to the Washington invite or CSU means something. It's where I set the school record the year before in the three K. That's where I ran seven fifty one to qualify for nationals and all that. So it means something. It kind of means a lot to go to that meet and it's a little bit of a prestigious thing, and it, it's totally like a, it's a privilege to go to that meet, and he asked me if I wanted to go, and I said, well, you know, I really don't think I deserve to go, and this is why, like, just kind of always be so appreciative of him, is he kind of rolled his eyes and laughed, and he's like, I think, he's like, I think you've earned a spot there, uh, we're not just making this decision based off uh, this year, it's it's a kind of multitude of things, and so I, I, I told him, you know what, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go. And he, he asked, what heat do you want me to put you in? Because with my, my 751, I could be put in the fastest heat and the most competitive. And I had not run a single race, even in the vicinity of belonging in that heat. I hadn't run a single race indoors that indicated I, I, I would get be anywhere close to anyone in the fast heat or even one of the slower heats or anything. And I just kind of said, Screw it, put me in the fast seat if I'm going, I might as well be going for it. And it was really cool that day. I was the last race of the meet for, for CSU, and it was just so cool to see how vested. Every, everyone who went there had said huge PRs, had kind of like big race of their life type stuff. Cole Rockhold broke four minutes in the mile while he had strep throat. And um, so anyway, all, these, all my teammates had these huge things they accomplished that they should have been kind of soaking it in, soaking in that excitement and all that. And when it came time for my race, everyone was so invested in me having a good performance and kind of me getting back to where I used to be. 
that like I could just feel that energy from the team and, and I ended up running like a, a time that almost made it to nationals and with all the success I had that was probably the best race I had in my career and it wasn't even my PR just because it was the moment I righted the ship it was kind of the moment I got back in the zone and kind of my old self returned and that so that was a really cool moment and so the 1337 I ran was actually by then I had gotten back in the zone I was I was training great again I was just having so much fun getting back kind of where to where I used to be like comfortable with myself as an athlete I kind of rekindled that identity where I was actually like a tough runner and when I ran 1337 my goal my goal was definitely to try to go out as an all-american in uh 5,000 on but unfortunately that didn't happen I went I, I had one really good race after that I went on to I won conference in the 5,000 which was also a huge goal of mine that was something I kind of always wanted to do I think my two biggest rivals from other schools had both won the 5,000 and those were guys that really enjoyed competing against and I always kind of felt like it'd be kind of like a great end for me to our competitions if I could manage to win they both graduated but if I could if I could manage to win the outdoor 5,000 just like they had to me, that was just a really cool thing because then it was like those guys I competed with so hard for so long, all of us ended up having our time winning that that cool prestigious race. It's the last distance race of the, the meet every year. So that was, that was really special. And you can't hide in sports. Going into the regional meet to make it to nationals, I was just, I was just a few seconds out of making it, but didn't pull it out. And that's kind of a... When I ran 7:51 at Washington, I would not have imagined. I couldn't have imagined that I would be that close and not make it to nationals and outdoor. And then there, in the last race of my career, there it was. I was out of it. <laughs> wow, it's. I don't really have words. It's. I feel like I'm there. We're watching your races, and we kind of were watching or listening to your races over here in Berlin. So you had to make a decision after you graduated from. CSU to pursue academia or a running career? You chose academia in England. You're a graduate student there. How would you say running influenced your choice to choose to go to England or just your career in general? The things I, I, I loved running and all that, but it, for me, it was very hard to imagine really seriously running without kind of the CSU team or the CSU community or whatever. Honestly, my the success I had in college was, if not if not half, it was more than half the result of just having great coaches than, than me, to be honest. It was like, without them, it was impossible. And that was just kind of, we, we used to joke about it. That's, that's like what, what our coach's forte was, was just turning kind of, high school rejects into into great runners it had more to do with him than it had to do with me so just in that context kind of running after csu without him as a coach without um our assistant coach coach dahlberg in reality for me that i, I was I, I don't think i was ever that vested in seriously running in the context of like trying to get a pro contract or trying to join like a their semi-pro teams where they kind of cover your living expenses cover your training expenses so you can you can train really hard without worrying about having to pay without having to worry to like earn a living and all that so in that context i think i thought about it and i talked to some teams um 
but it would be really hard for me to start over without Coach Seymour and without, you know, all the guys I trained, trained with at CSU. So in that context, it was, I thought about it a little bit, but felt very content coming to the United Kingdom in my master's degree. And so, so I came here and I actually got, uh, initially got an athletic scholarship to run track and cross country here. I, I did some training, but I, but, uh, I kind of got to the same, pretty similar spot that I had been the year before in cross country where things just really weren't clicking. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't feel good about the run, the performance I was doing. And I, it got to a point where I kind of had to ask myself, like, do you have the energy to kind of try to right the ship again? Because that was a pretty tough journey to do without the support. You know, I'd have to do it again without the support system I had last time. So I, I kind of decided I, I think I'm done, uh, at least for a while, with competitive running. I think that's how it goes for most people. I think beyond college, you know, not a lot of people keep running competitively after high school, even less running college. And then even less run after college, you know, is, is kind of how it goes. But I still like running. I still, you know, enjoy it. And definitely the kind of the tools I developed just for to be a good runner and to be a competitive runner and all that are definitely still useful for kind of everything I do, do now. So It's interesting. You have had, it seems like, very different relationships with this sport or sports in general. So it, I would definitely say, just based off this conversation, it has played a defining role in who you are and where it's taken you. How would you say that running impacted your life? Well, I think it can't be overstated just how great the relationships someone can get out of, out of their running experience. Um, I have lifelong friends from my high school days of running, and I have lifelong friends from my college days of running. Um, you know, we met Josephine through running. All that stuff is just so great. And then just the lessons, yeah, the lessons I've learned, I'd say. Um, one of the most, I actually, my, my senior year, I, 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 I talked to the CSU women's tennis team. Um, the coach asked me to just kind of tell, talk to them about my experience as a, as a walk-on who kind of, you know, worked his way up the chain to be an All-American and, and all that. Um I think one of the biggest things is is kind of this this idea of identity development in, in anything you're doing, and it's to me it, it where, where I'm embracing it is um, anything you're doing or anything, even if, whether you want to be doing it or not, um, you should really work to do it as well as you possibly can. I mean, even if it's something that even if it's something that's not that fun or you don't really like, like the Right now, I'm in, in graduate school, and if it's uh, if it's a course I'm working on where we have reading assignments in an area I'm not interested in at all, just that idea of identity development, I think about kind of well, do I want to be the guy that do I want to be the guy that's kind of half-assing it or not taking things completely seriously or taking a shortcut, or do I actually want to act like I'm a like a real graduate student who actually cares, who actually who's actually working hard, and just I think that mentality that makes things just so much more doable. Where instead of being kind of like annoyed, I have to read something on an area of history I have no interest in, I have no interest in working in. I, I actually just kind of enjoy the challenge of reading about something I don't know about, trying to think critically about something I don't know about, and um, 
And then I think that's totally applicable to, to jobs, too, you know. I'm sure majoring in history has not done me a lot of favors for uh, landing my dream job. Uh, so when I'm, you know, doing entry-level jobs or doing something like that, I think just this attitude of, you know, if I'm the guy who actually gets pissed off to be there, you know, working extra hours or, or doing something like that, that I've just learned from running. When you put yourself in the zone of being annoyed you have to do something or, or trying to find a shortcut to something, it has an effect. It makes things harder. It makes it makes you worse at things. But so that's kind of the most applicable lesson I'll take from running is that, you know, the old cliche attitude is everything. But uh, it's totally true. I mean, I think really focusing on kind of questioning who I was, not not in a bad way, but saying in difficult moments as an athlete, saying, all right, well, what, who do you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be right now? When things are hard, I think it totally benefits me now. Jefferson Abbey now is finishing his final and second semester at the University in Nottingham in England for his master's in history. He has applied to several law schools and is waiting to see where he gets in. His love for running will always hold a place in his life and has set the basis for his work ethic in school as well as his personal life. Jefferson is driven and talented, and we are excited to see what the future has in store for him. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a comment on Facebook, our website, iTunes, or whatever podcast website that you use. We'd love to hear from you, and as always, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks.